Welcome to Slight Reliability. Learning SRE one day at a time. I'm Stephen Townsend. Hello and welcome back to Slight Reliability, the show where we learn SRE one day at a time together. Today we're talking about latency, which is one of the four golden signals identified by Google. I've paraphrased it in the past as how long do things take, just to keep it simple. And I think out of all the areas of reliability that I've been exploring so far, this is the one that I'm most familiar with, given my previous role in performance engineering. I don't actually like the word latency. For me, it has connotations of some low-level system thing or something to do with networking. But I like to think of latency as how long can anything in a software solution take with a particular focus on the customer that we're providing services to. In performance engineering, we didn't talk about latency unless we were talking about network latency. We talked about response times, which isn't a very sexy word, but it's another term you could use to describe how long things take. One of the complicated things about latency is we can measure it at so many different layers and different time scales, and it all depends on the unique context of the service that you are trying to provide and your technology. For example, we could have low-level system times, database read and write operations, for example, and how long they're taking. These could be measured in microseconds or milliseconds. Maybe if you're developing hardware, I don't know much about this, you could be thinking about nanoseconds or something even more fine-grained. A lot of the time in a more common uh, situation would be to measure how long real-time API calls are taking. This is generally milliseconds or maybe even seconds can often be okay. Once again, depending on the unique context of the service. Take another step up and you can think about how long a web page takes to completely render and all the different components that make that up such as one or more API calls might be made. They may be being made sequentially or in parallel, but also you need to retrieve other resources over a network. And then the browser itself needs to execute the code and to render what's going to be on the screen. And that all takes time. Of course, nowadays, you depend not only on the services that you provide, but also third parties, external organizations, services that you depend on. Can you trust and rely on them to perform well? And what happens if the customers that you are serving, if their internet is dodgy, that's all part of their experience. So in a way, it kind of has to matter to you, even though you have no control over it. Take another step backwards and you could look at the end-to-end customer journeys that your customers are going through and how long they are taking. For example, I work in insurance, we care about how long it takes our customers to lodge an insurance claim online because that is incredibly important to our customers. When you lodge an insurance claim, you tend to be in a, a pretty vulnerable place. You might have had something stolen or damaged and we want to make sure that that experience that they're having is as streamlined as possible. I think that's a really good example of understanding your unique business context. In that particular case, we understand that our customers are vulnerable and they expect to be looked after and so we do the best that we can to look after them in that moment. And that's what I 
am talking about when I keep bringing up over and over again, understand your unique context. And it could be you understand your business or your customers or your technology or your own people, understand the history of your organization as well. It's, it's all important. And every single one of you listening and your organizations, even the teams in your organizations are unique. And it's about understanding that uniqueness and then making decisions based on that. I think that is the most powerful thing that we can do in the world of SRE. If we take another step back, we might be looking at how long batch processing is taking. And that's a whole different kettle of fish. <laughs> You're now talking about potential hours of time being taken and there's no customers waiting for it, but we might have a particular period of time that this, these, these jobs have to run within. But more than that, batch is a bit unique in that we don't just care about how long it takes, we also care about how many records are processed over that time. And it's, it's not in my show notes, but something that I was thinking about as I was recording this is that sometimes we care about things about our own team and how long they're taking. So we might be, for example, measuring how long it takes to remediate incidents or the time between deployments to production or how long a CI/CD pipeline or you know automated deployment process takes. These are all valuable bits of information and I guess they all fit under the umbrella of latency as well. So latency occurs at many different time scales and within different contexts. And within really complex distributed systems, one of the challenges that I've seen and for myself and for other people is which areas, which components or, or places do we measure latency? Or maybe we are we're monitoring latency at many different layers and locations, which which of those different latency timings should we look at? Which ones are gonna tell us the most about the health of our services and the well-being or experience of our customers? That's a tricky thing. I'm sure you are not going to be surprised for me saying that I think the first thing is of course to think about the customer. How long are key customer interactions taking? And the first step is to understand what key customer interactions are. You could decide that based on the volume of activity that's going through different services or interactions. It could be about just understanding your customer and the things that they depend on. It could also be about understanding your business and the things which are business critical as well. But once you understand what those customer interactions are, then how do you get a sense of how long they're taking? And the traditional approach would be to look at, say, you know, server-side timings from logs or maybe a monitoring or application monitoring tooling. But then something I've seen a trend in recently is to look at how long things are taking in our customers' browsers using real user monitoring or browser monitoring, depending on whichever tool you're using. And I think that's uh, it's interesting. That is definitely a much better sense of how long things are actually taking in our customers' browsers. However, it also includes things which are outside of your control, such as the performance of your customers' devices or the performance of the internet. You can't control that. So it's good to know the full end-to-end experience of your customers, but you also want to get a sense of how well your services are performing or how long they're taking within the bounds of things you can control, 
so that you get a sense of what you can work on or, or where you need to spend time and invest time into. I think uh, a quick note on understanding how long things are taking from a web browser perspective is that there is a sometimes a dependence on synthetic transactions. So setting up bots which go through different transactions and they report how long things are taking or whether things are working or not. But those kind of synthetic transactions have a very low sample size. So let's say you have a situation where 20% of your customers, when they go to do something, it takes a really long time. There's a fairly high chance you're not going to pick that up through your synthetic transactions, or you might pick it up quite late because you're only triggering this thing once every few minutes and you're going to miss it. So be careful with synthetic transactions and relying completely on them. You need to supplement them with other kinds of monitoring. Aside from the end customer experience and how long things are taking, I think it's also important to understand how long things are taking from your system boundary. So maybe your particular team looks after a component that depends on some third party services. I think it's important to keep track of those services and how long they are taking. Make sure they're meeting the SLAs they agreed to. Or if you haven't agreed to SLAs, just get an understanding of how long that is taking. Because if you have a situation when your customers are complaining that something's taking a really long time or your monitoring picks something up, you want to understand, is this something that we need to look, at, look out for or investigate within our own service? Or is this something that's outside of our control? If you can't answer that question, well, you're in a pretty prickly situation. The other half of system boundaries is understanding how long your services take from the moment they are invoked, excluding upstream components which might depend on your services. And then once you know that, and you know how long downstream services are taking, you can then isolate how long your particular component is taking, excluding all other dependencies. And that is also useful information. A more traditional way to break up your solution and think about where to get timings would be to think about the layers of your technology stack. So an oversimplified example, you might be running some, some Java code and containers, and it reads and writes to a, a MySQL database. So you could track the latency within the Java app itself, maybe within the container platform like um, Kubernetes and Docker, for example. You could then also track timings at a database level, query times, and you might look at network timings as well. So this kind of information, an APM tool will generally provide you out of the box without a lot of effort. But of course, you might need to instrument your code to get those application level business context customer context type timings. Okay, so we know now all the different places we could get timings and we understand there's different time scales for latency and how we measure it. The other thing to keep in mind is that the metrics that you use and the way that you interpret them, it matters. And this is something, oh, I'm now having a crossover between my previous podcast, performance time and slight reliability, because I'm talking about something which was uh, dear to my heart, I would say, uh, back when I was working primarily as a performance engineer. For example, let's say you have a incredibly important customer-facing API, you are tracking the 90th percentile response time. 
and you see that it's four and a half seconds. What does that mean? It means that 90% of the time that customers call that API, it took 4.5 seconds or less. Okay, that's fine. What if you had a particular production issue where 9% of your customers, it takes a minute? Now, by tracking this particular one single metric, you're not going to see that. It's just going to look like it's four and a half seconds. So that's what I mean. It's about understanding the limitations of a particular metric, what it tells you, what it doesn't tell you, uh, where the risk remains when you only look at it, and whether you need to supplement that metric with something else to cover your bases. I've also seen the other way around, where you might track the 99.9th percentile response time. Now that's fine if you have massive volumes going through this particular API, but if you have an API that's called 200 times an hour and you're trying to capture the 99th percentile or 99.9th percentile, you're just going to be looking at the maximum, the absolute highest outlier. Is that what you want to look at? If it's not, then you should probably think about a different metric, a different percentile. So in performance testing, when I ran a load test, I had the luxury of ever having access to all of the raw data. So every single response that occurred during, say, a one-hour test, it could be millions of points of data. I could plot them all in a scatter plot, which is the best way to truly understand system behavior. In the world of SRE, we don't tend to have that luxury. For, for whatever reason, most sort of APM tools, they have to sample data and bring it down to a more aggregate level. And so there are things that are innately hidden from us. So understanding what is not being shown is so important. It's as important or more important than understanding what it is you are being shown. I think there is still an opportunity in the world of SRE to look at raw data. Uh, if you have access to logs, for example, you, that is raw data. If you have access to the logs and they're not being sampled, then you can truly get a sense of system behavior. But of course, some of the tools that we use to parse logs don't allow you to do that because it's too, too much processing involved. So they'll sample it or only show you the top 500 you know, entries for a log or something, which is frustrating at times for someone who was used to having access to the raw data. The last thing I wanted to talk about is the relationship between customer experience and latency. Because you can't just say, because something is slow, the customers are having a bad experience. Customer experience is so much more complicated than that. And once again, the context matters immensely. We don't know what's going on in the minds of our customers because that's their experience. It's what you know is happening inside their brain. We can't monitor that yet. <laughs> Hopefully never because that would be pretty disastrous. But we make these assumptions that if it is slow, the customer has a bad experience. And we measure the time, how long things are taking. But we should probably be thinking at the next step. How can we measure customer frustration, for example? Are there ways that we can measure, for example, a customer clicks a button, uh, in between that time they click a button until they are able to continue, do they mash the keys, you know, or do they hit, hit their mouse button multiple times because that would be an indication that they're frustrated. Maybe not, maybe it's just something they do, you know, it's a habit, something they do anyway. But that kind of thinking I think is important. 
I guess my point here is that just because something is taking a long time or just because something is quick, it doesn't mean necessarily that the customer experience is good or bad. And it's important for us to understand the unique context. That's all from another episode of Slight Reliability. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'll be going on the Pure Performance podcast in the near future to talk about SLOs and implementing them in the messy real world, which is a topic which I'm particularly passionate about. And I'm looking forward to doing some interviews on this podcast in the near future as well. See you next time.